Everything That Rocks, Laser 103.3, return of the Hall Pass. And today my special guest is Glorious Suns frontman, Brett Emmons. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. Look forward to the return of the Glorious Suns opening for the Struts on Monday at the Waterworks Amphitheater here in town. We got our first look at you guys back in November when you sold out Woolies. To say the touring has been extensive on this run is probably understating it, isn't it? Yeah, it's been quite the run. I mean, I haven't been following our bank accounts closely, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can tell you that there's been a lot of travel. Young Beauties and Fools came out in the fall of 2017, and of course, Sawed Off Shotgun became a massive hit. Really, your first exposure to widespread rock radio airplay here in the U.S. What does an achievement like that mean to you as a songwriter? I mean, it means a lot. I, you want as many people as possible to hear your music. So, you know, basically, it just means that we get to speak from a bigger podium and, uh, it makes me really happy. I, I We've toured the States, you know, extensively for years. People have started just coming to the shows now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a great feeling. You can see the uh, results of your hard work, and it's nice to get a pat on the back. And I mean, we always knew it was a great song anyways, but um, it's, it's real good to know that other people think so, too. You put out a couple of albums before that one. Have you seen a lot of fans, especially American ones, dig back into your catalog once they get on board? Yeah, I mean, they sing pretty much all the songs, so yeah, I have seen that. I think there's something to be offered on, you know, every album for people. And I mean, I can definitely say that there's been a vast improvement album to album but i think even going back you can hear the uh, songwriting qualities and you know uh the work that's been put into the music and um it's been it's been really nice to hear people sing songs like mama for instance or you know you see people get excited when you go into shapeless art you know and those are shapeless art isn't a it was never a single at all uh so it's 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 really a cool thing especially down here in the states because you know, people knew us in Canada at that point, but they, like I said, we were playing to nobody here for a long time, so it's nice to see them reacting. My special guest is Brett Emmons, who fronts the Glorious Sons, who are in town opening for the Struts Monday at the Waterworks Amphitheater. Ticket info, in case you don't have yours yet, get your log on at laser1033.com. I know you had a career before you joined the Glorious Sons. Uh, did any of your, I guess I'd call it solo material, make its way into the back catalog of Glorious Sons, or how does that work for you? Well, I wouldn't call it a career. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, to be honest, it was I, it was uh, bumming around Halifax, Nova Scotia, trying to make a name for myself. Pizza joints and cafes and tiny little bars. So there wasn't much of a career there. And I mean, I don't think I really started improving to the point that I am now probably until two or three years into the glorious sun. But yeah, that's the songs. They stick around. The good ones stick around no matter what. So like I might write a song today and you might not hear it for four or five years. There's a time and a place quality to songs that really make them, you know, important. Um, it's not just, you know, how good they are. Some, some songs don't fit on some albums. Some songs you just literally forget about. Then one day you're going through your voice notes on your phone or your dad puts in an old PD from, you know, seven, eight years ago and you hear it and it just kind of clicks. And maybe now you have the perspective to improve that song and 
make it better that you didn't have when you were younger or, you know, maybe a little less talented or aware. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but they all, they all, uh, they don't all have the time in place, but the good ones do. Back to the touring aspect of what you do, Brett, to maintain a voice like yours, considering how hard you push it every single night, do you find that particularly challenging? And are there things you do to make sure it doesn't get blown out? I basically, I need to warm up in some sense before every show. But for me, it's, it, it's always worse after breaks. So if I take, you know, two or three weeks off, that muscle isn't uh, isn't as in shape as it was. Sure. Those are usually the shows that I have real trouble. Uh, every tour that I get on where we play, you know, four or five shows in a row, after three shows, four and five are usually best. And then I get that break, and the worry's pretty much completely gone. I can go an entire tour and know that I sang the best I could have possibly. And that comes with, you know, watching how much you party, um, drinking tons of water, and just being aware of your voice. You gain a relationship with your voice like you do an instrument. Uh, you can understand when something's a little bit wrong with it, what songs you can't sing that night. Um, but, I mean, last night I was screaming at the at the crowd, uh, we only get stronger <laughs> in between <laughs> songs. And, and I mean it. Like, I, I truly mean that. We, It seems like for this band and for my voice and my singing, the more work you put into it, the, the stronger you get. It doesn't. It doesn't really. It never cropped out. I mean, right now I'm riding one of those highs where it's like you know, you you kind of feel it untouchable. Brett Emmons sings for the Glorious Sons, who are in town Monday with the Struts at the Waterworks Amphitheater. A big difference this time around versus last November is a new song you've added to your arsenal. Tell me about Panic Attack. Is it part of a new album uh, forthcoming? Well, I don't know. I can't anything um <laughs> but i mean we've been we've been working on a lot of new music uh in the past uh you know six months and we're just excited there's a there's a real uh it's a real sense of momentum around the band and i think we're firing on all cylinders i mean we're always writing but uh you know just just keep your ear to the ground. So for you, is it hard to, if you've been tinkering with a song, let's say you've been working on something off and on over the course of several years, in the, in the case you brought up, is it hard for you to step back then when somebody says it's finished or do you decide it's finished? Is that a hard thing for you? It would be. It's, it's me who decides it's finished. Um, and I think that you reach a point where you get so, well, at least in the past, I, there's different scenarios, of course, but I've reached a point where it's just like, okay, I cannot do any more listening or work to this song, you know, and you release it uh, in good conscience, knowing that you worked your hardest on it, and that no matter what happens, you got it to the best place that you could possible. But, I mean, you know, some songs, uh, you're just, you know, not very precious with at all. Maybe it, it, all, it all depends what kind of song it is what it feels like to you, uh, you know, where you are at in life, you know, maybe things just don't matter that much to you, uh, you know, that week. <laughs> sure. 
it's a funny thing. It changes always with circumstance. Wrapping up today's edition of the Hall Pass with Glorious Suns frontman Brett Emmons. I alluded to this earlier, Brett. You've been blessed with some pretty big spots in recent times, including the opportunity to open for the Rolling Stones a second time. First off, what was your reaction after the initial call came in? Second, the reaction after getting the call back? And then three, tell me about the experiences themselves and if anything was different the second time around. Well, the initial call, you know, when we opened for them in Marseille was, you know, pretty mind-blowing. They're my mom's favorite band. They're my brother's favorite band. I'm a gigantic fan myself. And I remember like 10 years ago thinking, you know, maybe one day we'll open for the Stones and laughing about it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it was pretty amazing. And I was pretty excited for my mother and my dad to be able to make that trip over. And then the second time around them calling, is it's kind of like a pat on the back. It's like, all right, you know, we, we passed the test. And as far as playing with them, I will tell you this. I was so nervous the first time. Um, it was 69,000 people. Oof. So, wow. I, I could, I could, I, it's an audience that you can't really comprehend until you get out in front of them. People just become, you know, a blur as you get, you know, a hundred meters away <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, walking out of the orange velodrome or whatever the hell it's called over there i mean the crowd walking to the subway it was like it's anxious it's anxious yeah right. <laughs> i felt very anxious um so just being in a crowd like that but playing in front of them is a totally different thing and then i told myself the second time i wouldn't be nervous but uh of course with the hectic schedule and all this stuff and Things never playing out like they should in your own mind. Um, <laughs> I was just as nervous. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it was uh, it was amazing. It was so much fun. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, you would like to be able to go up there and just enjoy those things for what they are. But you do have a job to do, and you have a reputation to uphold. And when you get in front of a crowd like that, you want to turn as many heads as possible. So, I mean, there's a little bit of pressure involved in something like that. Um, but again, it was an amazing experience. I'm beyond grateful to have uh, been there and done that. And, you know, who knows? I don't know how long they'll keep, they'll keep touring. Maybe we'll do it again. That would be cool. I Already, with the first time, you feel like the luckiest guy on earth. But the second time, you're like, what did I do to deserve this? It's like you won life's lottery. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. My my neighbor at home was describing it to me. He was like, "You are in like the zero point one percentile of human beings on this earth that can say that they opened for the Rolling Stones." And depending on what your opinions are of that band, you know, mine is we open for the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Incredible. And that's friggin' insane. Brett, I uh, wanted to hit on your social media presence real quick. I, I follow you on Twitter, on Instagram, and I don't know if it's you that does the majority of the posting, is it? Uh, I do a lot of the tweets, and then, you know, I monitor the Instagram and do a lot of the captioning and stuff. I mean, we got people that take the pictures, and, you know, I you just keep a watchful eye on everything. But I try, I go through phases because uh, it honestly makes me feel like I'm being poisoned to be on my phone doing that stuff all the time. It's such a such a push and pull thing for me. 
I get that. I was going to say, you know, it's probably just as much about entertaining yourselves as it is for the fans. I particularly like how you're gunning for some Beatles-sized achievements. Can you tell us a little bit about that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I got some flack for that. Uh, And, you know, I should have just said somebody, you know, (laughs) rather than a girl because of, you know, the the times that we're living in. You don't want to upset people either. Like, I I don't mind offending people, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to you don't want to step into that ring and talk about things, you know, that real things that that affect real everyday people, you know, by accident. So, I mean, I, I can understand why I took some flack for it, but basically the joke was the girls used to pee their pants every time the Beatles play. <laughs> um, I've made it my life's goal to make at least one <laughs> their pants. <laughs> but out of fear, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, and if you look at our stage show, you would understand why, because I'm kind of a crazy man, you know, a little bit stage. I'm wild and I'm, I'm a little bit of an animal, but, uh, I can see how that would read wrong. Yeah, no, I just, I thought it was funny. So I wanted to bring that up, but Hey man, we're really looking forward to having you guys back on Monday with the struts at the waterworks amphitheater. You mentioned Halifax real quick. I, I was, uh, enjoying my 10th anniversary with my wife in the Dominican Republic back in March. And I met a nice couple from Halifax. Is that a pretty big city or is that more kind of a small town? A lot of people know each other. Well, there's, uh, there's like, I think there's over 400,000 people there. Oh, okay. It has, it has the feel of a small town, and a lot of people do know each other there. I mean, it's it's a great community. It, it's one of my favorite cities in the world to this day. Um, you know, where I live, Kingston, Halifax just kind of feels like a bigger Kingston. Um, okay. And, I mean, maybe it's a smaller Boston. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's just a beautiful beautiful place i met a, a nice guy and his and his wife were from halifax at the resort his name was richard sullivan and he owns a bed and breakfast there in halifax uh, really really nice people and mm-hmm. you know everybody i've ever met from up in that part of the world are always just really really great people and you know that includes yourself brett thanks again so much for taking the time for me oh, thanks for having me man. we'll uh, we'll be seeing each other monday i guess